Hello and welcome to Exposed Network. I'm here with my one and only Migs Whiskey. And I am Anthony Hinojosa. Today on Exposed Network, we're going to be talking about leadership and getting all up in the nitty gritty when it comes to that subject. And uh, because of that, we have ourselves a very special guest. You've talked to, we've talked about this before. We're recording here out of the Magic House in Anaheim, and the uh, the magician or the uh, what do they call the guy, the uh, uh, the main dude there at the carnival that uh, that runs it, the ringmaster. The ringmaster. Ring we got the ringmaster here, the one, the only, Phil Aguilar, aka. The Chief. It's good to be here, fellas. Man, I'm excited about everything that's going on, man. We're going to shake this world up. I think so. Are you ready? I think so. Man, Chief has been in our lives for a second now, whether it be directly or indirectly. He's been a part of my family's life for a while now. He knew my uncle back in the day when they used to ride all over here in Orange County. And um, I think it was very cool when I got to be able to get back in his life about two years ago, I think, by this point. Yeah, time's been going by. We've been learning and growing and going and doing it. Growing up, I heard the name everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, man. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, this guy's an Orange County legend. <laughs> oh, yeah. A living legend. That, <laughs> you know, stuff right? like it. I did the good, bad, and ugly, but I tell you, I'm still here, still standing tall and living in the magic house, mm. big black house with a red front door. I love it. Yeah. Um, here in Exposed Network, we like to talk about uh, honesty and asking why. Now, a lot of that we've learned from you, being able to be you're brutally honest at times, walk away, wreck around just telling people what they need to hear, even if they don't want to hear. What, do you call, they don't what, hear. what kind of advice do you call it? I call it unsolicited advice. It's, a, it's another book I've written in my mind. Everywhere I go, I meet people, and I know you weren't asking, but here's what I got to tell you. Because... I feel that the time is short in life. Like I said, it's important for people to get to that next level. And everybody's trying to get to that next level in their life, that next dimension. And so when I see something, I see a booger falling out of their nose. I want to tell them, hey, brother, you know, can I pull that out for right. you? you, know? you know? And, so, that, and yeah. that right there is exposed network. This, the yeah. whole idea of being exposed. The, so I remember at times we've been around people who said they were exposed and they didn't like it. Yeah. They didn't yeah. like oh, the yeah, exposed. Yeah, that yeah. feels like getting your pants pulled down or something like that. You know? <laughs> if anything, exposed to us is pulling the pants back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, pick, pick, picking them up, yeah. Yeah, right, and so like uh, here on this um, podcast, today we're going to be talking with you, and one of the biggest things that stand out from yourself throughout the years, and I think anybody who knows you can attest to this, is that you're a fantastic leader, a great leader, and um, you have learned to be a great leader, and I'm sure you've learned how to be a bad leader too, and I think because of that, you're qualified to be able to tell people how to uh, well, well. I'll tell you, I, I know how to lead people, I've led people uh, down the dirty road of life, and I've uh, taught them how to climb a a mountaintop and go around or to go through it, whatever's yeah, necessary, right. or speak to that mountain, make it disappear. But yeah, I thank God, like I said, it's something over the years, just uh, trial and error practice, you know, I've learned to be a leader. And every day I work on my leadership skills because I know everything rises and falls on leadership. That's good. Ooh. I think that, like, um, the idea of being able to lead somebody it really doesn't matter where you're leading them to. I mean, you look at Adolf Hitler, he's like, He's a terrible person, but he did lead yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, so, like, the idea is uh, how do you get people to be on your team? And so we're going to be talking about that today, but there's going to be, got to be, a couple people who don't know who you are, which is hard to to imagine <laughs> by this point. Because if you're walking around in, like, orange, like, the swap meet or something like that, and 50 people, oh, hey, Chief, oh, hey, Phil, you know, they know who you are. But you know what? There's got to be at least one person out there that doesn't know who you are. So let's uh, let's chop it up. Let's find yeah, out who you are. the... So for our guests that don't know, we're talking to Phil, a.k.a. The Chief. Um, who is The Chief? Well, first off, I'm a, you know, a, a guy born and raised in Animal Heim, California. <laughs> Animal Heim, uh, yeah. When I grew up in this town, you know, I'm a double OG. I'm an old fool that's so cool. And so I'm raised up in Anaheim here, you know, raised up in a nice little family and everything like that. But early in life, the dysfunctionality of my own home uh, was very apparent as I was watching shows like Father Knows Best, you know, where you see the perfect family. At my home, there was nothing but violence and, and trouble there. So uh, I was looking for love, like most people in all the wrong, wrong places. places. And I found at the neighborhood corner, you know, some of the older fellows there, I tell them about my problems that I was having. So uh, they are smoke this, drink that. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm a young drug addict, you know, just kind of wasting his life away. But as I was growing up in Anaheim here, like I said, I got into the surfer scene when I was a teenager and then got a little older, got into the biker scene, you know. And But all this time I was in some kind of drugs and stuff like that. And then I just got involved in a lot of negativity. And next thing you know, at 29 years old, I'm busted and sent to California State Prison. Mm. 
So I, you know, I've got that country song type of life like so many people. I lost my dog, my truck, my car, and everything yeah. like that. And uh, I was a uh, victim mentality. You know, I had victimitis, I call it, you know, to where I blamed it on my family, blamed it on the president, blamed it on what color I was, you know, all this kind of stuff. But in all actuality is I just didn't know myself and I didn't know what to do with life. And so for me, the prison turned out to be a great thing because there I, I got time to just, you know, I was really sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. And by that time, I was a hope-to-die dope fiend heroin addict. And so I put down the drugs. I went to AA meetings. I went to church meetings. And I made a decision at 29 years old to change my life. And since then, boy, it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, the ups and downs. I, I picked up a beautiful wife along the way. Mm. What do I know about leadership? I had to learn how to lead my wife, you right. know. And then I got five kids. So Whoa. what do I know about leading kids? Man, I got five kids. They're all growing up and doing things on their own now. And um, then I and now I got 23 grandkids. I mean, I've been around the block a few times. I've been to quite a few rodeos. And so I, I had that struggle that so many people have in their lives, and I did happen to become a, you know, an addict and a thief and a liar and a no-good dirty dog. As a matter of fact, uh, my life got so bad back in the old days that my nickname was King Cobra. Mm. I was a snake. I'd rip anybody and everybody off. Not proud of it, but that was my lifestyle then. But when I made that decision, you know, and maybe all of you can think of when you made that decision to take that right turn. But I found out when you want to do a good mission, there's always going to be opposition. And so here I was, like I says, wanting to do the right thing. But man, I'd never had a job before. Uh, I, I dropped out of high school, so I went back to school, got myself a job, started working in 7-Eleven, graveyard shift, making nickels and diamonds, but trying to provide for my new family that I had. Uh, and then I decided I wanted to help people out, you know, help people that were in my same position. You know, I was a slow motion suicide doing heroin every day. And, uh, and I just needed love. I needed acceptance. So I started helping people out. That was my whole thing. I saw my gift was being able to have the gift of hospitality, mm. taking people in, taking time with people, listening to their story, and just loving them right where they were at. Little did I know that I'd end up in a Bible college, a seminary program, learning how to be a pastor. Mm. I had no idea that was happening. So here I am, like I says, I'm in my 30s, Bible college, doing good and stuff like that. And then a, a pastor from a church offered me a job. And the job that he offered me was, uh, was baby. basically there was a Christian school and they had me as uh, working, taking care of the kids, you know, when the kids got there early in the morning. During the day, I was a babysitter for 150 kids. And so, so do not despise small beginnings. Right. I mean, here I start off simple like that, but I kept studying, kept learning, I kept watering my grass, you know, of my life that was in front of me. And I just found out, like I says, you just keep advancing, progressing, you just keep on moving up, you know, when you stick to it and you stay focused. So my focus was just on helping others, being a blessing to others. And uh, little did I know what that would all lead to because the byproduct is always something wonderful that we don't even see. Right. But I, but I always lived in the moment, you know, one day at a time, you know, helping others, you know, feeding the hungry, you know, helping the poor, visiting those that are in prison, you know, uh, bringing clothes to those that need clothes. I mean, and, and the world's changed a whole lot now. Mm. There's more homeless, more. The other night I was at Skid Row. I took a crew of my people down to Skid Row and, you know, you see thousands of helpless and homeless and mentally ill and all those type of things. So if people are looking for work, people are looking to help somebody, they're everywhere. Yeah, right. And I, and I found out early in my my recovery that others was the big important word. The more I thought about others, the less I'd think about myself. And you know, and here I am today, like I says, man, I'm in the final chapter of my life, I believe, and more excited than ever about everything. So the value I want to be able to bring to our program today, like I says, hey, you know, if God can change this dirty, no good rascal, this wretch of a human being and, and give him a wonderful life, he can do it for you too. He can do it for anybody. Wow. I love it. This that was, I, <laughs> that was I mean, perfect. We've been we've been around this uh, around Chief and his uh, his crew for a while, and man, that story never <laughs> never loses its vigor to me. Man. I think that like uh, so you you spend a lot of time you focus in on uh, um, basically around when you were a youngster before you were thirty years old. 
But most people will remember you after you were 30 years old. You're going to be a nice, ripe, what age? I'm getting ready uh, in a few weeks to turn 72 years old. 72. 72. Believe me, when I was a young cat, like I said, in my 20s, uh, we were taught don't trust anybody over 30. (laughs) But that changed when I hit 30, you know? (laughs) And I was watching a little uh, Netflix thing the other night with my wife, Woodstock. Mm -hmm. The whole Woodstock Woodstock story. And I go, that was me, because I always told her, I said, here I am with all these white people. I'm yeah, a dark right. guy. Yeah. I was all these white people here at Woodstock, so hippie music, LSD, bikes, this, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I first ran into my partners from the Hells Angels and all these groups. I mean, I, I, I got involved in that crazy wild lifestyle, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was a punker from old generations, Pat, and my biggest sport passion was being in the mosh pits and all these things yeah. throughout the years. But it's trippy because these last 40 plus years now, I've been seeking to do the right thing, right. to do the good things. And so the majority of people nowadays, you know, this whole generation, because all the people my age, most of them, uh, they're gone and went to heaven or wherever they sure. went to. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a, a whole new person. But even, like it says, sober, clean from drugs and all that stuff, I, I've made a few boo-boos along the way. I should say quite a few boo-boos along the way. Right. I think that, like I said, the people that remember you most usually remember you from what you've done from the, what, late 80s into the early 90s into probably throughout the 90s. Yeah, and, you know, and I put that in my new book that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm writing right now called Street Guide to Leadership. Yeah. But here in, in the 80s when my life changed for the good, and I, I started doing things, I'm going, my gosh, you know, I, I've, uh, that same personality I had before, you know, being kind of uh, living on the edge, taking right. a walk on the wild side, you yeah. know, being that radical, crazy character, that carries over. I mean, God God saves your soul, but he doesn't change your personality. Yeah, and right. So I'm still me. That's why I live in the magic house. Yeah, that's right. Just painted all black yep. and got a big red front door, you that's know, right. and, and I'm hanging out with these young critters over here you know, uh, Miggs and Anthony over here uh, trying to do something great for this world. Right. And the uh, the times between the 80s and 90s, if, um, if I can recall a lot of the information that I've learned from you, is that you grew to... To start a huge church, a huge movement oh, here in Orange County called the Set Free. As I'm writing this next book that I'm writing right now, man, I look back and I go, I am amazed because I hear I was, uh, I started uh, my Set Free Church in the, in the worst gang neighborhood in Anaheim. Yeah. And, uh, and I had no money. And like I says, uh, next thing you know, I got a storefront little church. And then as the years go by, it seemed like it was overnight, but it took a few years for things to get going. I went from a storefront church to a common household name mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. I had my own TV program, you know. Uh, you know, I just, God used this fool, right. you know. And uh, we started detox ranches all around the country, you know, and we were doing this and doing that. And God was hooking me up with people, you know, that had a lot of finances. So they helped me do things over. And here in beautiful Anaheim, I at one time I had 30 homes mm. and a few ranches. And I was housing 400, 500 people a night, every single night. And we started doing what we called outreaches where we'd head out on the streets. I had the best band around. I had the best hip hop crew around. Yeah. We were just going everywhere. We were doing outreach after outreach. We were going to place after place, city after city. And then we started going to different countries. I mean, I look back at it and I go, my gosh, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, you know, got you got very popular and all right. that type of stuff. And it seemed so successful because I had a lot of money, a lot of toys, a lot of things. But uh, I found out that success is more than just shiny objects. Right. It really and I, has and I, to and do I, with. And I love the mm. fact that you actually learned that firsthand. Because when our, in our second half of our um, podcast, we're going to talk about your book. Oh, yeah. And uh, your book is called um, uh, Street, street Guide to Leadership. To leadership. Mm-hmm. The Street Guide, Street Version. And what, what's, what's the subtitle uh, for that? Oh, the subtitle of that is How to Build an Empire and How to Burn One Down. And that's oh, a, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could help impact somebody's life with all the not-to-dos, too. Yeah, right. Let me tell you. I remember... A wise man learns from mistakes, but a wiser one learns from mistakes of others. others. And that's why, you know, young people like Anthony and Migs, mm-hmm. these young people like that, I love them because I see the potential that's in their lives, the world shaking they can do in a positive way. That's good. Thank you. Um, so when talking about that, being able to build a, a empire, being able to burn one down, I'm sure you've done that a couple times by oh, this point. Numerous <laughs> times. Numerous. I was just saying, I'm always getting new thoughts, like it says on the way coming from the store with my wife like it says I was thinking 
Uh, you know, I was talking about somebody else, but I was saying we've got to learn how to love people into our life, mm-hmm. and we've got to learn how to love people out of our life. Mm, that's good. You know, building. I got one whole chapter. It's just connections. Yeah. Because man, I have met some people in my yeah. life. Boom. But how to keep those connections, you right. know, not how to burn them. You know, there's an old saying, you know, watch whose toes that you step on because they might be connected to that butt you're going to have to kiss, Oof. you know, tomorrow. <laughs> so, that one's good. Um, when you talk about like, because you, you've, one of the biggest things that you've done in your lives, a lot of people will remember you here in Orange County for was being able to build a, a mega church, really. A mega church. And, oh, and, yeah. And so for people to remember you at those moments, they remember, if they stick along, if they stick around for a while, They'll remember the big mega church, but then they'll remember the quietness. They'll remember the burn it down section. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, bad news always travels quicker than good news. Than good news, you know? for sure. Like it says, gossip. People love it, you know. And I've got one chapter in my last book that I wrote, and I go, I know you want to hear all the little dirty gossip, but not now. Yeah, right. Not that's now, that's another, you know? for another book, right? And I'm very Googleable, so people can, you know, hear from what others think. You yeah, know? right. What others say. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like um, that type of idea of being able to like build something big, have everybody lead you to a point, and then kind of like drop it off. That's happened a couple times in your oh, life. It's happened a few and, times, and that's why I find you to be most qualified to be able to talk about the subject of being able to uh, build an empire and burn it down. To be able to turn it on and off like a, like a switch, but to be able to know how and know why why that would be important and everything. And I really love to talk about that in the second half. But right now, we want to talk a little bit more about your history. The idea is. What makes you qualified to talk about these subjects? Why do you think that you're qualified to talk about um, all these subjects of leadership. like leadership and all of that? Well, well, I'll tell you. Basically, like I says, I can remember as, as a young person. You know, I, I, my mom and dad moved us out of a little gang neighborhood and moved us into kind of a little middle class neighborhood. Yeah. So I wouldn't be involved in a gang. And here I started my own gang right. called the Ollie Street Crew. We lived on Ollie Street called the Ollie Street Crew. And how old were you at this, around this point? I was about 10 years old, 11 years <laughs> I old. I love you it. Know? <laughs> and here we are. We got cans, and we were the first graffiti artists around, you know, spraying <laughs> up things. I lived across the street from an orange grove, so we'd be in the orange grove, and cars go by. We'd be throwing oranges at them. We had a railroad <laughs> train, a freight train that passed in front of the house three times a day, rattled the house. And in my days, our heroes weren't Spider-Man or Monkey Man, all that stuff. Sure. They were cowboys. Yeah. You know, I watched all these Lone Ranger, John Wayne, right? the Lone Ranger, yeah. and all this stuff. So we'd see that freight train going, and they were always, you know, uh, capturing, you know, robbing the local train going mm. by. Doing outlaw so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was at a young age, uh, you know, we we attract what we respect. And I respected outlaws, you yeah. know, bad boys and all yeah. that from a very young age because my family was jacked up. I blamed it on them. So here I was, but so... I was the leader. I saw, as I look back at my, man, I was leading people at an early age, you yeah. know? And I found out as leadership is something we can grow on. Yeah. So I just got used to it. And I got used to rallying troops together, you know, and putting groups together. So it's been a whole part of my life. So one of the biggest reasons I believe that I can teach on leadership is because I've been a leader, like I says, for the last 55 plus years on a regular basis, always leading people one way. And, you know, in that, that game we play as little kids called Follow the Leader. Yeah, right. You know, it's just a king of the hill. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those type of little things were just part of my makeup. And being the oldest of seven kids, you know, I was in that leadership role there. And then, like I said, as soon as my dad left the house, you know, here I was a young person. So I had to, you know, lead my everything. My mom was at work all the time. So it was just something that I was always part of, always doing. It just seemed a normal thing. I can remember when they took aptitude tests at school. What are you going to be when you grow up? You know, I just realized it was my thing was always going to be something that had to do with people, you know, and talking to people and, you know, helping them to, to do something, whether it's negative or positive. Right. But doing that. So, yeah, all the so, so, number one, just life experience. Man, I, in my book, I put there, like it says, I got my PhD in the school of hard knocks. You right. know, I mean, I am educated on that. And then if you just look around this world, everywhere I go, everybody seems young because almost everybody on this planet is younger than me. You mm, know, the yeah. great majority of people on there. So I got a lot of time in there. And then being married, I just celebrated 42 years Oof. of marriage. So, man, I can talk about marriage day and night, you know, about, about all that. And then having five kids, I can talk about what it is, you know, being a parent, you know, and raising kids and telling them to do this and don't do that and all that kind of stuff. 
And um, and then, like I said, my my extra credentials is having 23 grandkids who I'm affiliated with, associated, and uh, spend a lot of good time with most of them on a regular basis. So, man. I can look back, you know, and see my little kid that I've got an amusement park, and we're getting on one ride to take this beautiful little fun ride, and they're thinking about, hey, can we go on that next ride? They're already thinking about that next one, so I understand the psyche, you know, of the strong-willed child, the psyche of that kid, you know, who doesn't want to do this or do that, and the excitement, the curiosity, so, man, I've just learned so much in life, just being a you know, old fool that's been around for a long, long time, right. you know, gives me some life experience. Something you can't learn from the books. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Migs and I have been able to capture a lot of good wisdom from uh, Chief here. Um, I've been hanging around for about, we'll say almost just about, like I said, two years. And uh, within those two years, I've been able to learn a whole lot about the idea of leadership. Um, do I find myself to be a leader? Maybe. But I do. Um, there's a lot of qualities that I picked up from you, and I appreciate that very much. Um when you talk about uh, uh, leadership, what moment in your life, in your history, do you think about like most? What is like the thing that sticks out to you most? What is the moment, the moment, or that uh, that part of history of your history that is really like, man, that was a really great moment of uh, a leadership for me. That was a really big kind of like thing for me. That really wow, wow, that's a good question. There's a few things, but probably the thing that really got me is when I. Uh, you know, I, I was in Bible college and I was into God and all that stuff and studying the Bible. And starting a little home Bible study was kind of easy. You're around a few friends, you know, you're you're reading the Bible to them and you're talking about doing things good in your life. But when I felt that God wanted me to start a church, mm. you know, uh, I was working at another church as the assistant pastor, right. and uh, it was time for me to move on from there. And I knew God wanted me to start my own thing, but I was fearful about it. Right. I was afraid of failure. You know, what if this doesn't work out and all those things like that. So for me, you know, being encouraged by my wife and a few others, taking that leap, that first step just to start a church, to call it a church, to know it be a church. Man, you know, I was 37 years old, and I'm telling you, that was the biggest decision I made, you know, yeah. when it came to leadership. Because now I realize I was responsible. These are God's kids, you yeah. know. I was going to be an under shepherd, and these are his sheep. Right. And so, man, I was really worried about am I going to lead them right, do it wrong? And then I saw preachers on TV who wanted money, preachers this, that, like that. So I go, man, I didn't want to be any of those things. So I can remember getting consumed reading that Bible day and night, listening to cassette tapes we'd listen to at nighttime. I'd go to sleep with hours listening to them. And that, that was probably the biggest decision about being a leader because I knew I had the weight of the world on me, knowing that, hey, these are God's kids that I'm leading them. And I knew how to degenerate people. I was good at that. Right. Oh, man, I know how to you know, pull out that, that weed or pull out that hair on, you know, yeah. and get somebody to go down for the count mm-hmm. or get some girl to take her clothes off. Right. I knew how to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now to help them to be better people, that was tough. This is one of the first times you actually did some big leadership. Yeah, that thing. was. Whew, that After was, that, I'm sure I was like, oh, I've, I've jumped off this high dive before. So you yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because on my own, like I said, I'd lead where I would lead myself. It's just me, you yeah. know. But now I know I got a wife, I got a family, I got kids growing up, and I got a little group of people. My first group of people in my church, like I said, were ten people. Yeah, and now they're all looking at me because I, I was kind of, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, you know. And, and then I could hear them the next week. Okay, uh, chief, are we ready to do it? And I go, boy, they believe me. Yeah. <laughs> and now they really plan on doing this, you yeah, know? Right. And I get to re-experience these things in life all the time as people that I'm working with, you know, get ready to go do that. But it's like uh, like the law of Mount Everest when we've talked mm-hmm. about that yeah. before, you know, climbing that. If anybody wants to climb Mount Everest, make sure you're not afraid of heights. Yeah. You know, make sure that the cold doesn't bother you or you're yeah. uncomfortable. Because it's so easy to just be like, my wife will go, how can them people live on the streets and those tents and this and that like that? And for me, if I didn't have my family and didn't have my belief, man, I could do it easy. I'd yeah, have the right. coolest tent around. <laughs> I'd have a few chicks, you know, putting my tent up at night for me and cooking me some food in the morning <laughs> and stuff like that. So that was the biggest first decision as a leader was leading people as a god man yeah you know as a young god man like it says hey follow me as i follow christ wow right that's that's hard to say at any stage of my life but that's where i'm at now 
I could tell people, follow me as I follow Christ, you know? And that takes courageousness, that takes boldness, that takes some yeah. huevos, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it takes it all. I agree. All right. Well, you know what? Let's wind this down. Let's uh, uh, take our break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the minutia of leadership. We want to talk about leadership and get into that subject. And now that we know that you're qualified to talk about leadership, let's talk about leadership. All right. And and another thing, too, it sounds like you were a natural born leader. But like to work that muscle, too, what else do you do? Like because I know there's a lot of things in there, but like you're writing a book. Is there books that help you? get there like helped you build that muscle even stronger oh yeah you better believe it you know what's cool about it is i was uh, i was doing everything i was a, a trailblazer though i mean people who searched my history in orange county i was doing things 15 years before people were doing it when i right. brought punk rock music into the christian scene i tell you they were calling me uh, the devil's guy when i brought hip-hop in that was even the worst <laughs> and even all these days 40 some years later in ministry the big Harvest Crusades and these big Christian gatherings and stuff like that, you still don't see any go to dirty hip-hop like I no. had going on, like I said, <laughs> because it's all looked at as gang stuff, yeah. people yeah. with color stuff and all that kind of stuff. So let me tell you, now there's books, things that I've found that are out there that I try to expose people to because it's all about being exposed. Right, right. And that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, well then, uh, let's take a break, and then when we come back, let's talk about some serious leadership. <laughs> All right, it's break time here on Exposed Network. We like to expose other businesses and other services, other, uh, I don't know, opportunities of people doing cool things. Yeah. And we like to talk about those things. All these things are going to be located over on our Instagram over at Exposed underscore Network. So if you miss any information about any of these people that we talk about, just go on over to our Instagram and give us a follow. Um, today we want to talk about uh, Chief's Magic House, seeing as how we have Chief on the episode today. And uh, you can go to his Instagram at, um, at Chief's Magic House, spelled exactly how it sounds and um, over there he's doing some really cool stuff always promoting people always uh, trying to get artists and businesses and people to be able to grow within their art form and he is um, obviously um, well versed in uh, uh, people dealing with addiction so if you know anybody who's struggling with any kind of addiction and needs some help he's the man to call am I right? Yep, that's it. Um, the other person is uh, oh, is me. <laughs> yeah, I am a photographer. I do video work as well. Um, you can follow me on my Instagram at uh, Shade of Today, and that is at Shade of Today. Um, website is same thing www.shadeoftoday.com, and um, you can go if you need any kind of uh, video or photography services for your business or whatever it is that you're doing, wedding, uh, graduations. Just need some fresh headshots or fresh uh, Facebook profile pictures and you just give me a call and I'm always willing to work for anybody's uh, um, anybody's uh, budget so um, but yeah uh, we want to always take this time to be able to promote the people that are around us what do you say all the time uh, yes Max? being being of service to the ones that are service exposing each other's work mm-hmm. to the world so we can there's enough on the table to go around trust and believe that and um, whatever we can do to help these these businesses and like and, and get that that your needs yeah right met you know there's tattoo artists there's food there's photographers there's people that can guide you to some help everything we will have everything on there and this is the moment where you can find some of those absolutely support those who support you right support those who support you I love it let's get back into the episode welcome back to Exposed Network we are here with our Super duper guests, Phil Aguilar, Phil aka Aguilar. the Chief. Yeah. Right? Now, the last half we uh, talked about why and how you are qualified to talk about leadership. And in Exposed Network, we love the idea of leadership. We think that everybody should be following somebody. If not, you should be leading somebody. Yeah. And everybody should have an opportunity for the most part to be that number one guy. And if you're not, a strong number two guy is always necessary. And so um, to be able to talk about leadership is really important for being able to know how to lead people and also to know who you're looking for when you're following somebody. And uh, we found uh, the chief here to be uh, qualified to be uh, deemed as our leader for sure. And uh, in our first half, if you missed it for some reason, because this is a podcast, you shouldn't have missed it, is uh, talking about his history, what qualifies him to be uh, be a leader. In the second half, though, Migs, I want you to take the reins on this one. We'll be talking about the minutia of uh, what it means to be a leader. Leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk leadership. Yeah. Mentorship, too. I learned mm-hmm. that from you. Yeah. Everyone needs mentors, and it's in Proverbs, too. It, it is, is in Proverbs. Biblical. It's biblical. <laughs> and every, right and uh, one book that uh, Chief got me on was uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. 
John C. Maxwell. That's where I kind of come in on this too with Chief. And Chief is releasing his book called Street Guide to Leadership. How to build an empire and how to burn one down. Are you writing that right now? Is that oh doing? yeah, I'm writing it. I, I I believe that like I says by the end of summer, it'll be completed, Oof. and uh, then we'll be working on a cover and things like that. And we're gonna make it an ebook available in you know every different form we can. And then I I'm gonna be doing uh, visiting some numerous. Um, podcasts and different yeah. people and uh, spreading Take, the good news yeah. taking it out to the world yeah know? all right man for real uh john c maxwell i mean there's a lot of stuff the man has showed me and you got me to to read him he says uh leadership is like uh it's not like a degree you just gain it's more like a race you do every day to see you still have the ability yes. man that's dope and uh he talks about mentorship too a lot and you talk about that a lot so do you like do you still seek mentorship in this in this in this part of your life? Oh yeah, every day. As a matter of fact, uh, the cool part, and I'm glad we talked before about what qualifies me, because if you're going to follow somebody, make sure they know where they're going. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people think they're leaders, but all they are is out taking a walk. Yeah, I meet a lot of uh, men that I've, I've done uh, weddings for, you know, and after they're married. Uh, they're young Christian men, and they'll go, isn't the wife supposed to follow the husband? And I go, well, yeah, if you're going somewhere. Yeah, and a right. whole lot of times, you know, uh, if you're not going anywhere, it's hard to follow you know, yeah. uh, a solid object that's <laughs> not moving. It's like standing in line for something you don't know what the line's for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, John Maxwell, the reason we bring up his name, I know that Jesus Christ is the ultimate leader of all leaders, yeah. but he works through people. And this John Maxwell guy, I am telling you, this guy's my age, been around the same long time, and he's got a history. The proof is in the pudding, so always uh, check, out, check somebody's shorts out to see what they got to offer. And that's why uh, we uh, use his books as resources, you know, uh, all about learning. And I introduced myself in this new book. I talked about myself as a man of wealth and fame. And, and I do that because a lot of times people are all excited about wealth and riches and all that kind of stuff. And they're excited about fame. I, I met somebody famous and all that. Well, my riches and my wealth really comes from, I know that there's treasure in this earthen vessel. I know that God sees me as gold full of a place. He's building me a mansion right now. And he's doing that for everybody who believes in him, you know, so I'm wealthy. And then I say famous because I'm real wealthy known but I actually mean infamous <laughs> because I'm known for a whole lot more negative on a on some sides but still hey it's part of my history and people can learn from even the things not to do yeah, yeah. and we talked about that a little bit earlier but uh, yeah mentorship leadership we are all like you said Anthony we're all leading somebody somewhere somebody's watching you right somebody is uh, there's somebody waiting for you and I on the other side of our obedience. Mm. You know, there's somebody waiting in a hospital, somebody waiting in a line somewhere at, at Popeye's Chicken, you know, yeah. waiting to talk to us. There's a whole world. I, I kind of look at it like this, that uh, there's just people everywhere waiting to meet me. They yeah. just don't know it yet. Oh. And you've heard it said before, probably like says, we're only a couple people away from meeting that person on planet Earth that we'd want to meet. Mm. And in my book, I talk about famous people I've met. I mean, I've spent the afternoon with Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Wow. And I'm telling you, one of the most powerful men alive. I've had in my backyard the owner of Bed Bath & Beyond. Huh. I've uh, traveled with a group called the Power Team that was known all over the world oh, for yeah. feats of strength like that, you know, famous people from bands, this and that, like I says, and making connections with people is such an important thing in life and learning from people. Uh, when we when we think we know it all, first off, nobody likes a know-it-all, right. but uh, then we can't learn, you know, and so in my, in my book, Street Guide to Leadership, it's all about, this is stuff I've learned right from the streets. This is everyday experience about leadership, and a whole lot of things that I've attempted to do didn't work out and it's okay to fall down 
because I believe we always fall forward. Right. It doesn't matter what happened. And a lot of times people want want to make, a, a, you know, I read this one book, Brene Brown, where she says, dare to lead. I mean, it's daring to be a leader because you're putting yourself out front. Okay, follow me, you guys. Boy, you know what? And people are watching. People are judging. People are critiquing every time, you know, that we speak, anytime we have a conversation. And can you imagine how inspiring it is for somebody to want to listen to you? Right. For somebody to want to hear you. And so it's everyday learning and growing. I'm more teachable now than I was 10 years ago. Because the more we learn, the more we find out, the less we actually know. That's good. Wow. That's good stuff. How to build an empire and how to burn one down. Falls are going to happen. I like how you said, fall forward, fail forward, you know. I like that. And um, so give us a little bit of a little little golden nugget in this book, man. Like, like, because it sounds like you're talking about the richest man in the room. Oh, yeah. A whole whole lot about the richest man in the room everywhere we go. I've told people for years, I believe I'm the sanest person I know. Right. I use those words exactly. I'm the sanest person I know. And now I'm able to add along with that, I'm probably one of the happiest people that I know. Yeah. And I don't say it uh, boastfully. I'm just saying at this stage of my life, I've learned so many wonderful things and I've learned to apply them on a daily basis. I don't believe there's much room for error for me because it doesn't matter where I'm at. I still uh, like the lifestyle of, uh, of one wild and crazy guy. I still think about different things to do here and there, go places, but it's important every place I decide to go, every breakfast or lunch or dinner or outing i make a real decision you know uh that uh, is that going to be a good thing for my day is that going to make it better Uh, i better stay away from there that might not work out good so i have to contemplate meditate and all that stuff but i found out it isn't about getting ready anymore i stay ready i straight i'm like those marines that are over there on the, the south korean border with north korea right there and when they ask them are you ready in case north korea starts to act up and they go we stay ready and at this time in my life like i says that's when i'm staying ready because i've learned a whole lot about leadership i've learned a whole lot about it is who you hang out with who you because we all rub off on each other so in my book street guide to leadership the first thing i do is let people know you know what the first christian verse i ever read in the bible it was a can a man take fire unto his bosom and not get burnt easier said can you play with fire and not get burnt and my first response was how burnt will i get yeah See, I'm one of those people, you know, like, uh, you know, I want to get near the edge. I want to get as close to the edge as possible without falling over. But I found out you got to be careful when you do that because everybody falls over. Everybody falls down. I tell people quite often, I go in my leadership book here, I I tell people, I go, listen, if you were teaching your four-year-old daughter how to ride a bicycle, do you think she's going to fall down? Well, and you know that she will fall down. Everybody is there learning to ride a bike for the first time. And then what are you going to tell her when she falls down? If you're a good dad, you'll say, hey, honey, get up. Try again. It's going to be all right. You know, I fell down before. You're going to say all those good things. But uh, you're not going to tell her, hey, you little brat, you'll never ride again. You know what? I'm not going to watch you. You're not going to do that. But you know who you'll speak to like that? ourselves yourself yeah Yeah. we are our own worst enemy and i put that over and over my book hey wherever you go there you are yeah we take ourselves with us everywhere we go so it's like socrates when he says to know thyself as a man thinketh so is he it's all about our mindset our mindset will determine our mood set and it's uh anytime we're dealing with people in my book i teach about like i said you got to change your mind about things when i meet people go i ask them i go uh how was jail oh, i don't mind it well you'll probably be yeah, back probably then, go back yeah. but what we hate it's gonna be rougher for us to go back to like i says like right. uh, i got tired of jail when i was young rambunctious wasn't too bad i realized when i was older and went to jail I wasn't fun anymore, you know? And now, like I said, I don't want to spend one hour, one day, you know, in a jail cell when I'm out here with all these beautiful freedoms and choices. And I remind people over and over in my book, like I says, man, we are the directors of this movie called My Life, Yeah. Yeah. you know? And we can either be victorious 
or be a victim. We can either whine, complain, and snivel about everything, or we can be grateful, thankful, and appreciative. It's all that mindset, that old saying, your attitude determines your altitude. Altitude. So important, so important. Wow. That's good stuff. You uh, you really kind of like uh, you bring it back to yourself when you're talking about leadership and how you like want to write this book out about how like you you have to like work on yourself to be able to get to a place and where you can lead people. Oh yeah, yeah. And I use everything. And, and Miggs and I have talked about it before. Like I says, pretty soon in your life, when you be con- consumed with every day, okay, living in the moment, enjoying the moment, tomorrow's dead and gone. You yeah, know, you yeah, can't yeah. do anything about that. Like I says, the past is the past. In the future, it hasn't happened yeah, yet like yeah. that. So God lives in the moment, so we're blessed the moment. We start getting in the future too far, it's a little scary out in that limb because yeah. we're all by ourselves. Even God doesn't live there. <laughs> he lives in the moment. Yeah. You know, like I says, in the very presence, he's right there. So in my book, I start explaining to people, like I says, it's all about the moment. People talk about triggers. Well, that's a trigger to me. This is a trigger to me. Here's the trigger is being awake. Right. Being awake. In our sleep, I haven't met anybody convicted of murder yet who was sleeping <laughs> and did it, you know? In our sleep, uh, you know, we don't do drugs. In our sleep, maybe yeah. we dream this, like, but I mean, we don't do any actions like that. Yeah. So the minute our mind comes awake, whether it's daytime, afternoon, evening time, like I says, boom, that's the trigger. We're awake and alive. So it's that thinking process, our mind. In our mind is the battlefield of life. As a man thinketh, so is he. So what we got to do is start feeding our mind. I tell people all the time, I says, doctors say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I, what did you have for a spiritual breakfast this morning? I asked him. Mm. You know, what did you feed your mind this morning that's going to be good and healthy, make you go on? That's why at this stage of my life, man, I get up in the morning, like I says, I put on a podcast, I read something special, you know, I watch something on the TV, something special. This going to feed my mind. And so I, even when I go to the movies, I, like you guys have heard me say before, I took my grandkids to go see a movie. I was thinking about getting a couple hour rest of the movie, but all of a sudden I tune into this Toy Story 3 and I see this guy Woody this little sheriff guy and his girlfriend Jesse and the rest Slinky you know and Buzz Lightyear and all these characters in the movie next thing I go is I go man this guy Woody he's a leader yeah so when you're looking to develop your leadership skills in life when you're looking to be a better leader you'll find you'll see it everywhere I'm watching yeah. it a movie that I didn't even plan on going to pay attention to and by the time I got done with that Moody I saw that Vato Woody man was a homeboy he yeah. was good he was a leader and when his kids got in trouble and friends got in trouble he didn't desert them he didn't betray them and I kept thinking about all these great attributes that he had and it reminded me of Jesus like I said he said I'll never leave you or forsake you so here Woody man he's the greatest leader and they were going to go down for the counter it's going to be dangerous they're going to give his life and what did Woody do he joined in right there with him and then it reminded me in the Bible like it says no greater thing can a man do than lay down his life for a friend so Woody became my new hero I got a little wristband that said what would Woody do a wristband <laughs> you know I mean it's just Toy Story 3 changed my life Everything out there, everything we come face to face is not by accident. God orders our steps. There's no coincidences in this world. Everybody you're hanging out with, not hanging around with, you've met, not met, or waiting to meet. I'm telling you, I was just telling my grandkids the other day, Robert Downey Jr. was mentored by a friend of mine who is my mentor, Tim Story. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was locked up in jail and prison. Like I says, and my mentor, Tim Story, would go see him on a regular basis because Robert Downey Jr. was a famous actor, but he got into drugs. Yeah. Boom, he got into challenges. So here he was. Tim goes, come on, you can do it. And he, he brought him a, a comeback. When uh, Robert Downey Jr. got out of prison, uh, Robert Downey Jr. wanted to get back into the movie, the big screen, stuff like that. But he, all he got offered was a small TV role. And he told my partner, Tim, he goes, man, I'm a big screen guy. I'm not into TV. Like, and Tim says, don't despise small beginnings. Right. You know? Take that little thing like that. So he reluctantly took this little TV role. Next thing you, because people got to learn how to trust you again. Yeah. You know, they, you know, hey, we can't put this big millions of dollar budget in a film and you're going to be get back on drugs. So he did his small little thing, stuff like that, gained their trust back. Next thing they did, they got him in a thing called Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And now 22 Avenger movies later, yeah. this guy is making like, hundred million dollars a year and stuff like that so he fell down but he got back up made a comeback our little daughter falls down on the bicycle we tell him get back up 
You can do it again. We got to tell ourselves that every day. Like it says, no matter how we fall, we fall forward. Yeah, make yeah. a loss into a lesson. There you go. Every day, like I said. So even in movies, in my life. So I share that in the Street Guide to Leadership. You know, whatever we're doing, we're watching. Uh, another movie I went to go see was The Lion King. Oh, no. man. Oh, Mufasa. Oh, come on. That <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah. Or Mufasa. 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 Yeah, I'll tell Simone. you. <laughs> this guy, this great patriarch, reminds me of myself in life because he had kids, he had a legacy and all that Simba. stuff. At this stage of my life, I'm thinking legacy big time, man. I'm yeah. thinking about my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids. I'm thinking of all that kind of stuff. So Mufasa, I mean, this guy, like I said, boom, he wants to do so. He's talking to his son Simba, and he's telling him all this stuff, life lessons, stuff like that. Every time you look up at the stars, and it remind me, in the Bible it says, what a great cloud of witnesses we have in this sky up there. Yeah. Everything relates to God to me now. Yeah. Everything relates to my life. Everything relates to me as my children, my grandchildren, you know, third generation. I'm thinking of the future, all that stuff, because like I says, I know my time is short, but you know, how many years I got left my time is short but I found out that in football games soccer games basketball games it's the last couple of minutes of the game that most points are scored yeah and I believe most points are going to be scored in my life that's why this book Street Guide Leadership I'm sharing what I've learned the last 40 some years being a leader in ministry you yeah. know the the good choices I made and all the bad choices I made because I made plenty of those too and so poof yeah, I, lo I love what you said. And then the Lion King, I mean, there was a lot of great metaphors oh, in there. Yes. And then like Simba, I mean, you, you talk about obedience. On the other side of obedience is greatness. And like not till he obeyed what his father said and came back home and took care of what he had to take care of, did he become great. That was, that's dope. And talking about ownership, you know, owning your mind. You know, wake up. Be more conscious and aware of what you're doing. You know, I, I, I've heard that... Um, your daily routine will expose you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are exactly where they want to be and they got to be because that's the work they put in today. Yeah, You know, I, I hear a lot of gratitude. I hear a lot of service. Oh, yeah. The greatest among you shall be servants. That's biblical. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. And then gratitude. I, I hear a lot of gratitude in your voice. When you're talking about the richest man in the room, I think that's exactly what it is, is learning to live in the moment. Forget yesterday. Stop thinking about tomorrow. It still hasn't happened. Be obedient. Be aware and conscious of what you're doing today and make sure that you're living it to the fullest. Be 100% in today. Oh, that yeah. is amazing. There's a lot of great stuff. I want to I talk about like how does life look today for you and your routine? Like wh What is the routine of Chief waking up to, to the moment he puts down? Because I know you are one busy man. Yeah. So run us through a regular day in Chief's day. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, I start every Monday because in my mindset, like I says, Monday is the first day of the week, you know? Yeah. In the Bible, they had a certain day that was a special day this day. So for me, Monday is the first day of the week. I get up in the morning, I'm fired up, and I'm, I've got a Holy Ghost hangover on Monday mornings because on Sunday nights, I'm studying my leadership for a, a leadership meeting I teach every Monday morning huh. at the company that I work at. And I go there with this mindset when I'm getting ready there. First off, I did my homework. Yeah. You know, I, I did my work. It isn't just winging and stuff like that. I study, you know, and the yeah. good book teaches us study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. A lot of times people go, I'd share the Bible with somebody, I don't know it. Well, go study the Bible a little bit and you'll learn about it. A lot of people think it's just going to come to you. If things don't drop out of the sky, we got to put initiation, we got to put some action, we got to put some feet to it. Like I said, so Ooh. Sunday night, I'm studying up, I'm getting ready there, man. I'm Googling up, I'm this, I'm there, boom, illustration, all this stuff, because I'm ready to go to the most important meeting in the world. I'm going to the White House on Monday morning. I'm going to work with people. And most people in America go to work on a Monday morning hating it. Yeah. Hating their job, mm -hmm. hating their boss, hating what they're doing. So I'm going there, we're going to meet a bunch of knuckleheads as I look at it. Like yeah. I said, people, uh, who am I to go? So I go there, boom, ready to go, going to battle. So here I am on Monday mornings. I'm getting in there, and as I'm teaching them, I'm the one that's learning first. Man, if nobody else is listening, I'm learning. But what I like is having a room full of people as we start doing what I call masterminding yeah. or collaborating. Yeah. You know, I now always relate it to, remember that bonfire at the beach where you put some wood in there? Yeah. And what happens to every bonfire after a while? 
the fire starts going down. It right? starts going down. So you got to put more wood in there. So here I am. I'm collaborating with everybody because I find out that everybody doesn't think like me. Mm. Everybody doesn't feel like me. And so they put their two cents in, and pretty soon, man, I got 100 cents, you yeah. know, and I got all their cents. If I'm just going there to give and not to receive, I'm a fool. So while I'm going there and saying thing, it sparks thing in their thing. And I start asking them, hey, what's been your greatest thing you did this weekend? And this and that, like I said, so... I get to start off Mondays, boom, fired up like that. As soon as I'm done with that meeting, I do mentoring group classes during the week where there'll be anywhere from one person to eight people that I that I mentor. Yeah. You know, I set up times. And then I'll go into my study where I work on, on my book or work on personal things. I'm always studying leadership. Leadership is just part of my life. It's yeah. part of what I do. And then I make time to, with for my wife. I have date time, date night, couple nights a week where it's just me and her. Just me and her. Yeah. Uh, that's such an important thing, like I says, because uh, I've lived the life before of going to win the whole world, and then I forgot my family. Yeah, right. You mm -hmm. know, over there. So I got to make sure, you know, the light that shines brightest at home shines farthest in this world. Yeah. So I, I make sure to take care of my wife on that. And then I have children. Mm -hmm. So, boom, I went to see my son chill this last week. Yeah. Made a surprise appearance over there. Got to pray for people, like I says. Tonight I'm going to go see my son uh, Rock, have a little bit of dinner with him. Last night I had my son MJ over. We sat in the backyard and talked. My daughter, I see her quite often, call her every day. So I'm making communication with all my family members. Then... Like I says, almost every day of the week, I go pick up my five five of my grandkids mm. at elementary school. So I go over there, wait for them, make sure that they're in line, they're waiting to be picked up. So I give them a little hug and love, like I says, them. And then I, like I says, entertain them for a little while. So I'm getting to spend time with myself studying, with my wife, with my kids, with my grandkids, and then... I get a chance on weekends. I'm the greeter in our parking lot of our church. Yeah. So I go out there, and these are new people, old people, this. Hey, this is where you take your kid. Being of service, being like that. And then I, I make sure I today I just invited one family over for a dinner. I invited another family to meet. That we'd have a little dinner with them. I take those times to get intimate moments with different people that need a little bit of loving. Yeah. I get phone calls seven days a week people needing help so i'm a networking man all the time like it says yesterday a friend of mine needed his uh, daughter to get in she's doing meth she doesn't have any insurance so i've got a place over here called the rock center boom refer him over there i got somebody over here who needs to get in the program doesn't have any money i send him to the set free ranch in lake elsinore mm -hmm. i'm making referrals all week long wow uh, I, I i plan i'm, I'm working on my Calendar. I'm planning a thing, like I says, they're having a book release of Lonnie Frisbee's story, the 29th coming up. I got Labor Day weekend coming up uh, this next Monday, so I'm planning a barbecue here, you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, Thursday, I'm taking a field trip with a bunch of uh, clients that I'm taking out, so I'm I'm getting some um, paddle boards so they can go to Newport Dunes, things like that. So a lot of planning, a lot of studying, uh, a lot of moving. And I, yesterday, I was teaching on energy teaching on energy. It's funny how we can have energy for the things we want to. Right. But I tell my grandkids, hey, get up in the morning. I'm too tired. We're going to Disneyland right now. They get a little bit of energy. Yeah. So it's learning for me to be able to delegate the, when we're able to, to delegate things that need to be done, but I don't have to do them, you know, and get the things that really inspire me, like creating, you know, like writing, you know, like visiting certain people that are in need. The other day I went to visit one of my old mentors. He's 89 years old. Went to uh, uh, Aliso Viejo. It's about a 40 minute drive from here. I went up there to visit him because I know he's near his last days. Just made the time of his life. He loved it. I was visiting with him there and his family and everything like that. So all those special things. I think about those things, but it's always others. Always others. The time for myself, the getting high to myself is when I can read alone, you know, hear a podcast, something new. And boom, I make that part of my life. When I'm driving every Friday night, I take a group of clients. Uh, last week, I took them to uh, 
uh, Little Tokyo in L.A. Yeah. Because I want them exposed to different people. And then I took them through Skid Row, mm. you mm. know, and scared the hell out of them. Like yeah. I said, they never seen anything like that. So a lot of people go, how come you know so many people? I go, I always get up early. I always go out. I always get involved in people. Well, I'm afraid of crowds. I don't like this. I don't like that. Hey, to make friends, you got to become friendly. I get out there, boom. I make sure I get in touch with people. I want to be part of this world. I, you know, I, I see this crazy world going on. I want to be able to help people like that. But I've got to be schooled. I got to be skilled, and I got to stay steady. And I got to make it a routine. We're creatures of habit. So every day, boom. I'm up something. Got something planned for every day. And anytime there's any idle time, it's a time where I just need to rest. Just need to rest this body. Take a little nap, you know, get refreshed up, you know, because energy is so important. We all just got 24 hours a day, but energy, we're always passionate about stuff that we love to do. So we can make our life, it's an old saying, but we can make our life about doing stuff that we love to do. Man, we're going to have energy for it. A lot of good stuff. (laughs) Wow. Learn more, earn more. Information changes situations, and you definitely inform yourself. You are reading books i mean like we live in this time of the influencers right yeah. and what is leadership right john c maxwell says is leadership is influence nothing more nothing less but here is an influencer here is a person that's telling you like you got to read you can't just be out there saying like i'm gonna save souls and, and not know nothing that's about right. it and that's dope especially like for the young listener listening that wants to be the motivational speaker the instagram um you know influencer this is what a real influencer does. It you gotta you gotta learn something to get some. You know you gotta earn you gotta it. Do too. your homework. No do doubt. Do your homework. And uh, you talk about the flame going down and putting more wood. What is the wood for the for the flame for you? Is it books? Is it books? Or what? What is a? Where do you get like when you when when chief doesn't feel one hundred? What gets the fire going back up? Oh, that's good. That is that is real good. Well, you know that's happened a few major times in my life. Like mm. I says in nineteen ninety three. I had a mega church of close to 8,000 members, okay? I was on the board of a thing called Trinity Broadcasting Network, which was a billion-dollar network company that went around the world. I had more Harleys than you can think of and houses and things. I was at the pinnacle top, but I was empty inside. How could I be empty inside? Because I lost my first love for God. Yeah. I lost the joy, the simple serving. And I can remember after being done talking to thousands of people, I'd walk across back to my house by myself thinking, man, is this all there is? Is this all there is? So I've lost that before. I pioneered a place uh, shortly after called the Dream Center, which is one of the biggest mission projects in the world today, one of the most famous, well-known. And after I did this, uh, walked away from that going, man, is this all there is? Um it's all about learning to be content, you know? Mm. Learning to be satisfied with the simple things. It's kind of like little boy David when he was a shepherd boy out there taking care of a small little flock of sheep, you know? He was playing his guitar, writing songs, making music, and every once in a while a lion or a bear would come and attack the sheep, and he would kill it. He learned how to do his slingshot. He was getting prepared for something he didn't even know. But one day he was sent on a mission by his dad, just being obedient to his boss, his father, and he runs into a, a giant called Goliath. Mm-hmm. And so he was getting prepared, just doing the simple little mundane things. And that's one of the things I found out, like I says, the things that keep me inspired is just getting down to the simple little things, like listening to that podcast, you know, or listening to that little beautiful music, you know, or uh, just uh, sitting with my wife and having a cup of coffee, taking a ride around the block. Boy, to me, so simple little things that bring out the greatest uh, things in my life, you know. It's not some monumental, heard a voice from the sky or any of that kind of stuff. So it gets me re-inspired, re-hooked up is when I just be still. I like that wow. a lot. I, I like just that a lot. be still. See, see, it's still a concept of being able to say that because um, a lot of people are waiting for like that. Oh, no, he's special. There's just something special about him. It's not It's not that I can achieve what he can achieve. It's He's the chief. Of course he can do that. And of course he can do you know this, this, and that. But when you talk about it's not about me being great. 
it's about me understanding like contentness of the world that I can just yes. be okay with what everybody else has too. You know, yeah. it's fine and it's all right. And that's uh, that's really important for not just as yourself as a leader to bring that upon yourself, but it's important to be the billboard of that. To be a leader is being a billboard. To everybody else saying like, oh, so you're just like me. Yeah, I want people to believe I'm dependable. Yeah. I want people to know where I'll be at. Like, people know where I am on a, on a Sunday morning. Yeah, right. They know where I am. Yeah. working in the parking lot there. And when my favorite Tim Story isn't speaking, you know, it's a little bit, hmm, I have to listen to somebody else. <laughs> but I readjust my mind. Yeah. Recalibrate it right there. Say, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get some. Yeah. I'm going to go over there and get some. And so it's it's a real important thing. But, I, you know, I, want, I, I need to sit down to get fed. I need to sit down and listen. I need to sit down, listen, and learn, and receive. And I always, because you've heard, heard me say it before, and you probably heard other people say it before, like it says, being wealthy, like I says, is when we have more than enough. Yeah. When we have enough left over, you know, to be able to share with others. And that that's wealthy to me. Yeah. That's great stuff right there. Yeah, I think that wow. like... It's I like think, richest man in the room, for woo! sure. That's what we are about here yeah. at Expose. Yeah, richest man in the room. And it's a free gift. It's, it's there for anybody. Like I said, opportunity is knocking on your door. A lot of people open that door. What are you? Who are you? Because they're not used to it. Stuff right. like that. But this is, hey, the greatest gifts are, are free, and they're from above. They're from God, and it's, it's for everybody. Yeah, and I love it that the, like... Um, you sitting at a uh, young age of 72, you're being able to get in this place where you're able to, everybody looks to you being like, what is it about you? What makes you special? I was like, I humble myself. I, 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 I'm even content. Like all these things that you've been hearing from your parents from the very get-go of yeah. life, just listen to that advice. Just listen to that advice and you should be all right. Stay still. Live in the moment. Gratitude. Yeah. Be of service. Be obedient. Do what you got to do today. Yeah. Focus in right now. Yeah. Own oh. your mind own your failures and know that falling is a part of the process that's what i get when i hear you talk and i just think about the richest man in the room you're right it's free it was given to us from god yeah yeah food shelter clothing you got all that stuff you rich now all that other stuff is is, is yeah. worldly a lot of people say, i want god to give me this god give me god's gonna give you what you need yeah yeah gotta, gotta give you what handle hey god i want a house you can't even take care of your apartment you know <laughs> hey god i want a new car well take care of your old car like i said god i want a kid you can't even watch your own kid i mean you know yeah it's you know God's gonna give us what we need, and, and you said it like wealth is when you have enough to give away. Yeah, and oh, some yeah. people get there. Some get there at like just in that apartment or or whatever because they just feel like this is where it's at. It's service. It's being of service. Getting up early and going to see how I can change the world or yes. how the world can change me. Yes. And, and and I like that learning. Even 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 if the guy that's speaking isn't the dude that you came to see. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, that's great stuff. Um, any, uh, what would be your words of wisdom to our listeners? Well, I am telling you that. Well, first off, it's a great opportunity, and I thank you guys for letting me be part of this because it's all part of a team. Nothing significant is ever done by ourselves. Right. Two is always better. Three is the best. I mean, it's just always like that. So my final uh, advice for the hour would be this. Hey, stay humble man stay humble like i says man i went from champ to chump in a moment like i say so staying humble ourselves and let god exalt you let god put you in his places but just be you know a person that just learns to love people right where they're at but loving people enough to you don't want to leave them there you want to help show them something you want to give them a little nugget of something you know that's going to help their their world be better so definitely loving god first and then loving others wow. that's good it's really good stuff um, Chief, we thank you so much for being on the show today, uh, talking about leadership, talking about what it means to be able to keep going in life and be able to solve the energy to do something. And um, it's really important lessons for life. And it's it's we're not there's no shortcut no shortcut to any of that. No, it's no. just going to be the same advice until we die. <laughs> so none of that is going to change. And uh, thank you for being a living testament of that. To be able to realize it's like yeah, you're probably still saying the same thing that you were been told when you were a youngster. Hey, and let me tell you, and this is it's just gonna we get to share with others. You get to see lives change, and you just you know, and just being patient and watch. You know, some people just don't get it right now, but that's okay. You know, it's a long life to live. Right. Um, how, where, how can people uh, contact you? What do you What do you do on a daily basis that, that you give out like service for? Is there because um, I know that you uh, uh, you help people that are like dealing with addiction and stuff like that. Do you have anything to throw out there? Yeah, I work for Melrose Recovery. I don't even know their number. My, my number, I know. <laughs> yeah, like give me your says, number then. Seven one four four hundred four five seven three. 
And that, is that your personal number? That's my personal number wow. right there. And people go, well, dude, everybody's going to call you. No, not everybody's going to call, you know. But those that do, I work as a networking agency. I, I'm a helper. Like I said, if you need this, I point you to somebody. I can almost point you to somebody for everything, like I said. So uh, feel free. Yeah, feel free to give me a call, text me. And, uh, hey, any way I can help out, I will. Perfect. Yeah, He's on Instagram, too, at at. Phil Aguilar SF. Right. And if you want to look him up too, we got him on Exposed Network, which is at XPOSE underscore network. Mm-hmm. Go to Exposed Network. You'll find him there. He's already on there. And uh, give him a like. Go follow him. Like he, like he said, he just gave you his personal number if you yeah. really want to get to meet the man. Yeah. yeah. And, and you need some help, he would send you to the right people if he, if he can't help. And uh, that's what it's about, man. Community being of service, and that's what Expose is all about. That's why I'm, I'm grateful to have this man on our podcast. And uh, I've learned a lot from him. Um, service, the greatest among you shall be servants. And that was biblical, man. But like yeah. he, he, he broke it down for me where I could understand it. He got me into some books that got me to the next level. And he's right. Information changes in information changes situations learn more earn more Warren Buffett said it E.T. say it but the man here he's saying it he reads every day he is giving you nuggets because he, he goes out and searches for them you know sometimes it, makes, it cracks me up because I go oh this was the best sermon I ever heard and I mean it I meant it best meal I ever had and I mean it Yeah. and stuff like that but God keeps topping that man I can remember hearing this Ed Milet guy you know a couple months ago, oh my, this is the greatest message. I, boom. And then Trina sends me this little, some preacher from Houston got, oh, you know, it just, God keeps topping it. You think that was the best? Let me show you another one. Yeah. I'll top that, you know. I'll match that. I'll double down on that one. And God, people don't, you know, I was just telling uh, Walt at our meeting on Monday, you know, because he, he's going, I went to the best meeting ever. And I go, yeah. Man, you're you're starting to sound like my kids say I sound because they always go, Dad. You always say it's the best. Well, sorry about your bad luck. You yeah, know, you yeah. want me to say it's shitty? Yeah. I'll say it's shitty. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah, if yeah. I feel like it was the best meal, yep. you know, it was just Pioneer Chicken, you know. But if I feel the Popeyes <laughs> meal, <laughs> you know, it's your attitude. Yes. You know, it's the way you think about things. You know, it's your perception. Yes. Your your outlook on things, you know. Uh, when somebody says, "Well, uh, you know, I'm uh, kind of short on money," everybody's short of money from what they want, you yeah. know. Or, you know, uh, it's hot out. Well, it's summertime, you know. It's, yeah. Get used to, it, you know. Yeah, Expose right. yourself to the greatness. <laughs> Don't be blind. It's everywhere. The nuggets are there. The golden yeah. nuggets, and you will find one and think it's it. Guess what? There's another one around the corner. There you go. But you gotta stay obedient, persistent, and mm-hmm. not stop. Chief, great having you, man. Thank you. Thank you. The Chief. Ciao. Thank you so much. This has been Exposed Network. Tune in next week. We'll be coming out with a brand new episode. And uh, keep on following us on Exposed Network uh, on Instagram, Exposed underscore Network. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Awesome.